Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Ars Cast right here on ArsBlog.OleOle.com. It's another Friday, another week closer to the end of a season that I suspect most of us will be happy to see the back of. However, before that, there's the small matter of a game tomorrow against Manchester United, a game which could see them clinch the title. <laughs> Uh, so more on that game to come between now and the end of the show, as well as at home with them. Um, you know who? We've got Sylvester, some news, and the one and only Gunnar Hollick will be here to talk about those important issues du jour, as they say in some foreign land. Uh, so between the last cast and this cast, well, um, the chance for revenge against Chelsea went somewhat by the wayside last Sunday. They knocked us out of the FA Cup final. We were going to rise again and smash their asses, but no, it didn't quite happen like that. We played very well for the first part of the game, it has to be said. I thought it was quite impressive the way we snapped into tackles. The response from going out of the Champions League was very good. We didn't want to get beaten. We created chances. Theo might have scored once, maybe twice. He laid on a brilliant chance for Sesk, who was going to... I know where Sesk was going to put that as well. He's going straight into the top corner. He's going to... But in came Diaby. And he put it out for a throw to Chelsea, I think. And then, of course, we conceded a goal. Drogba dived, as he does. They put the free kick in. Alex rose highest above Sylvester. And it was 1-0. And maybe at 1-0 there's a chance. But at 2-0, this team doesn't really have a chance at the moment. The heads go down. They know they're not going to score. And um, and that was it. And Elka scored the second goal. Colo Toure own goal early in the second half put any vague chance of a comeback to bed. Nicholas Bentner came on and scored, uh, did very well, ran around and, and tried. In direct contravention of the laws of Adibayor, which says that a striker should just basically poodle around up front and run when he feels like it and, and not do very much. Adibayor's sole contributions after coming on were to dive twice shamelessly, like really bad. The same shit that Arsene Wenger criticized Drogba for is what Adibayor did. Adibayor is Drogba, and nobody wants to be Drogba. And I don't want Adibayor to be Drogba, but he is Drogba. I mean, he's not as hideous as Drogba, but I mean, how can you criticize one guy for diving and not look at the guy in your own team and think, you cunt, stop doing that, especially in the second one when he had a good chance to score. And especially then when Chelsea went up the other end of the pitch and, and scored the fourth goal. And then you look at these guys. They're on our pitch and they're celebrating and happy. Lampard, Terry, Balak, Drogba, Maluda, and worst of all, Ashley Cole. Happy as Larry coming off the pitch at the Grove 
because they've just spanked us at home 4-1. And it adds to an aggregate 4-1 defeat by Manchester United and four goals conceded against Liverpool. So in four games against the other teams in the top four, we've conceded an average of three goals a game. Not very good. Defensively, this team is somewhat shambolic. And not just the defenders. Of course, the quality of the defenders can be improved. I'm sorry. I know he wears an Arsenal shirt. But to me, Sylvester is possibly the worst ever signing Arsene Wenger has made. I mean, it wasn't like he thought, well, you know what, I need a I need a central defender. Who will I get? Hmm, I'll think long and hard about this. No, it was a case that it became public knowledge that Sylvester was available. He was having a medical for Manchester City or Sunderland, one of those two shit-heap teams, because that's about his level. Shit-heap teams. And Arsene thought, well, yeah, well, okay, well, I'll have a punt on him. He's French. He's got a big, huge Mekon head. Yeah, why not? 700 grand, two-year contract, there you go. Now, in fairness, it's little wonder Ferguson is being as nice as he is to Tarasen Wenger. He probably feels guilty about selling him that. Now, I know that many people didn't have a great deal of time for Philippe Sanderos, right? I understand possibly why that was true. I always liked him, but I had a soft spot for the player. What can I tell you? Just so happens like that, you know. But you cannot, cannot tell me now that Senderos would have been any worse than Silvestre. Just not possible. I won't buy that. Him and Toure had a good partnership. Him and Gallas had a good partnership at one stage. And yes, he was prone to the odd mistake, but, you know... He's a young centre-half. He's going to get better. Sylvester is like an old shit decaying in the sun. It's just not good. And then Fabianski. I'm sorry, Lukas, but um, you ain't ready for first-team football. Scarily, Almuni is out of the game tomorrow, so Fabianski is going to play at Old Trafford. Fabianski versus Tevez, Ronaldo, Berbatov and Rooney. <laughs> Did you hear that? That was the sound of me cacking my pants. So um, while the defense can be improved as well and the quality of the players, um, we have to look at defending better as a team because we've highlighted issues before. For example, in the Liverpool game, when they scored that equalizing goal, we had all our defenders uh, behind the ball and um, Liverpool's midfielders ran into our box, Ben Ayoun, one of them, and went, oh, there we go. There's an equalizer. That was very nice of all Arsenal's midfielders to stand there and watch me run in and not do anything about it. The uh, the mindset, the discipline isn't there. The defenders aren't the only ones who should defend. And Arsene Wenger has highlighted the defense as the difference between us and Manchester United because he said, oh yes, there's an 18-point gap. We have to accept that. That's fine. Uh he reckons the difference is at, at the back. He says, uh, we've scored 64 goals in the league. They've scored 67. Offensively, I don't believe there's a difference. Defensively, there was a difference. We've conceded 36. They've conceded 24. So we've conceded 36 in 36 games. We're conceding a goal a game, which is n- not good enough. Not good enough. And he's right. Defense is where this team primarily needs to be improved. Because uh, one goal 
may never be enough for this Arsenal team, or two goals, or even four goals, sometimes, is not enough for this Arsenal team to win a game. And to score four goals twice this season and not win either game, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. So, um, it kind of summed up all that was wrong with our season. We weren't able to react We weren't able to uh, get over the disappointment of the Champions League. Chelsea, who had a much more um, heartbreaking exit from Europe, you might say, responded better. And um, whatever Arsene might say about it not being a 4-1 game, it was a 4-1 game. We got beaten 4-1. That's what the record books will show. So uh, the general feeling after that game was not one of um, great joy. People are upset. It's another trophyless season. The chickens, such as they are, have come home to roost. The issues that many people pointed out pre-season and even up to the end of the January transfer window, um, they're what cost us. The lack of a proper central midfield partner for Sesk. The lack of a proper central defence. We had issues there all throughout the season. From the very start, we've had issues at the centre of our defence. Gallas didn't play well for a long time. When the captaincy was taken off him, he played with more freedom. Some might say he's playing in a shop window fashion. Be that as it may, had he been with us until the end of the season, we probably wouldn't have done as badly. Colo Toure had a poor season. Silvestre, please. And Johan Juru... Well, Johan Juru's just come back from injury, but seems to be being overlooked for Sylvester, which is kind of bizarre. So defensively, uh, things have to improve, and overall things have to improve. The balance of the team needs to improve, and, and this has been the focus of much discussion during the week, and much of it negative. And um, in order to counter that a little bit, I wanted to find somebody sensible and and positive who wouldn't um, get lost in the hyperbole, in the um, madness. Unfortunately, I I couldn't find them. So with me now to discuss things in general is the one and only Gunnar Hollick. Hello there. Hello there, Blogs. Thanks for inviting me again. Uh, You're very welcome. Good to have you. Now, Manchester United in the Champions League and Chelsea at home have been... Fairly miserable results for Arsenal. It's easy to understand uh, why everybody is is so negative at the moment. Um, One of the things that Arsene Wenger, I suppose, has been stressing, and we heard from uh, the chief executive or the chief executive officer, Ivan Gazidis, said, yes, things aren't, you know, great. They're not as good as we thought they were going to be. Nevertheless, we've got to where we got to with a very young team, etc., etc., are there grounds for optimism? Should we be looking more on the uh, positive side than the negative side? <laughs> there are plenty out there who would be surprised if I weren't to say yes to that. Um, but I can understand where people are coming from at the moment. You've got to accept that 20-year-olds have never known Arsenal doing anything other than what they've done in the Wenger years mm. and had come to expect that we were going to be top two year in, year out. And so four years without is, you know, obviously a bit of a blow. And for those who are 30 plus now, I think they're probably looking back to probably the end of the George Graham reign rather than the start of the George Graham reign and thinking there are a number of parallels where the side would apparently appear to be perhaps going backwards in terms of quality and experience and all that sort of thing. Mm. But there are lots of good reasons for that that I think people are overlooking. And we knew when we moved into the new stadium 
that there was going to be a period where if you consider your own private life, when you take your first big mortgage on, you're not going to be going down the pub every night for the first few years. You've got to look after the pennies. Sure. And where we thought we were going to be at this stage was that the the property money was going to be coming in. And I don't think in 2006 anybody foresaw what the global financial situation was going to be in 2009. Sadly, that profit that was going to come out of the fact that we owned the land at Highbury hasn't materialized. And so we're probably going to have a few more years where things are a little bit tight unless Mr. Gazidis can rewrite some of the sponsorship deals that are out there. You're, you're and real... I'm, Sorry, I'm not going realize... to happen. Yeah. You realise, of course, you've just um, um, made dozens and possibly hundreds of listeners commit suicide by talking about a few more years <laughs> of this. But in the in the grand scheme of things, um, four years or four seasons without a trophy, it's not that long. Um, when you consider, I know um, people have, have spoken about this before, but uh, Alex Ferguson went three years without any yeah. trophy at all in the middle of his... Manchester United reign. Now, of course, he went out and, and countered that uh, by spending big on, on players like Rooney and uh, all these guys, etc., etc. So do we need to see Arsene Wenger um, change his philosophy somewhat? Because for most people, I think there's probably the nucleus of a, of a good side there. Uh, but with the right additions, we, 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 can, we can kick on and, and win things again. Is it too early to write Wenger off as a manager um, because I think there is a growing opinion that possibly he, he's taken the club as, as far as he can in, in some people's minds. Yes, I hear that. And, and I don't mind if people are using, if people sort of say that, well, you know, let's look at that four years without a trophy. Let's look at the fact that, you know, that we're being told that this uh, insistence on using youth that he's got it has become an obsession and that he's become stubborn and all of that nonsense. I don't actually believe any of that. I believe it's kind of been forced on him by what we were just talking about. The money is tight. He can't go out and spend 40, 50, 60 million pounds every close season like some other clubs have been doing. But they're not going to be able to do it for the next year or two because all of a sudden things are catching up with them as well. So he's got this balancing act where he's got an amount of money that he can spend that has to, he has to decide, well, am I going to splash it on one decent player and promote two? Or, you know, do I buy two players at seven or eight million each and, and maybe bring one through? He's always got a balancing act to do that is complicated in at this time of the season as it was last season when he lost a couple of players he mm. would rather not have lost. Mm. I suspect this summer as well he will lose a couple of players. Whether he wants to lose them or not is another matter. <laughs> but it's another complication that comes into the equation because we've probably still got a similar amount of money, whatever that sum is, available this summer. Mm. And it won't buy you the three players that we all think they're short of, plus the two or three replacements that you're going to need for those players that are going. Mm. So I think he's getting unfairly criticised from a lot of quarters. But having said that, I'm becoming 
more understanding of the arguments behind it. I don't agree with people necessarily. And I certainly don't agree with the ones who just come out and say, he's lost it, he's got to go, get rid of him. That, that's just, you know, knee-jerk nonsense. I can understand people who will argue the point. I can understand what they're arguing. I just don't agree with them. All right. What about the idea that um, without Edelman, without David Dean, that maybe Wenger took on too much responsibility in other areas. Now, uh, as I sort of said on the blog yesterday, uh, I'm sure football is his focus, his absolute dedication and doing his best for Arsenal. And I don't think whatever you uh, you might think of the way he's gone about things, you can't doubt the fact that he's always tried to do what he thought was the best thing for the club. What about the idea now that with Gazidis in, with um, some new... Uh, administration people coming in. We know he's looking for a lawyer, HR people, you know, um, business people to to come in and and build up that background team. Do you think that possibly that will allow Wenger more focus on on the football side of things without having to worry as much about uh, administration, bank loans, debts, repayments, etc., etc.? Would that make a difference to the way he operates? Um... First things first, yes, obviously, you would think that probably Gazidis has looked at the situation or maybe Stan Kroenke or the, both of them and, and identified that as an area that they need to do something about, which is where all these new people are coming in. Secondly, yes, of course, you're right. That has to free up some of the time that he was dedicating to not necessarily day-to-day footballing matters. So that that has to help the situation. Um, but, you, you know, he's uh, still facing the same financial constraints, so don't expect the fact that he's available for an extra couple of hours a day make you think that that in itself sure. is going to make the difference. I oh. think what will make the difference is probably the fact that these guys, you know, there's a bunch of people there who won't be going in the summer who are growing in experience and there are going to be, we would like to think one or two experienced heads coming in to help them because I happen to believe that no matter what's going on off the pitch, on the pitch, they are short of people and we call it experience. Maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe it's leaders, but there's no one who's pulling them up by the bootstraps when they're going a goal or two down you know, you've only got to look at the growth most week or the last couple of home games, let's say, just after half time when they're down by a couple of goals. The supporters have lost faith that they're going to come back, disappear. Those empty seats are sending a message to the team and reinforcing whatever is going through their heads. There's nobody picking them up by the bootstraps and saying, come on, then, in the way that Liverpool. And it came back at Chelsea in that Champions League game, albeit they weren't successful in the end. You can't see Arsenal coming back from two goals down against anybody mm. at the moment, sadly. What about the idea or, or the offer by Alisher Uzmanov to pay off some of the club's debt in order to free up some funds for, for Arsene Wenger? Um, it does seem that, uh, I mean, obviously, I think most of us can see through that offer for what it is, but it strikes me that... Uh, as much as we have to do on the pitch uh, next season and prepare the team and bring in players, et cetera, et cetera, that this battle uh, in the boardroom may well have an impact on that. Um, two separate questions, isn't it? Do I want to see Usmanov's money anywhere near the club? No, there are people who probably would not have any sort of 
standpoint on that would be grateful to grab money from wherever it comes. But the fact remains that, okay, we think it's a PR exercise. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even if he is going to pump some funds into the club, and you can't see that those who are currently controlling it would allow that. Uh, what is that money going to be used for in as much as he can't pay off the debts as an agreement? The, the reason that they're going to try and rewrite the deals, you suspect principally with Nike and the Emirates, is that they're not getting enough money in from those sources. If they can pull in additional sponsorship funds to cover what is in effect the mortgage, it then means that the money that's coming in from the 60,000 people a week can be put to the footballing side of the business rather than you know being used as part payment of the mortgage. And I think if they can keep him outside, then they certainly will do. We would like to think that they would. Um, but, you know, you pay your money, it takes your choice. There are people who will not agree with us on that one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, all right, looking ahead to the weekend, we've got a game against... Manchester United, which at this point oh, in the joy. season... I know, yeah, I mean, it just gets better and better, <laughs> doesn't it? At this point of the season, they're about the last people you want to be playing, especially given uh, the fact that they can clinch the title uh, with as little as a point against us. Um, from our point of view, is this game important? Does it really matter? Should we be going all out to stop United? Uh, or is it a case or a chance for some of these guys to restore some pride? It's hard to know how the team is going to react, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it important? Well, if I'm one of the 3,000 people who had a ticket for Old Trafford and was going up there, yeah, it's important. We we owe them something because, you know, as usual, the travelling support is spending harder money going and following the side. They've been absolutely tremendous all season mm -hmm. and deserve a reward. And what a reward this would be. If you want me to be put on my very positive hat, before we played Manchester United at home, we were not at our best. We were in the middle of a, a bit of a, a dodgy run. And unexpectedly, I think, to all of us, won that day and won well, although United contributed to what I thought was a really good game. But we won. So there's no, in that respect, there's no reason why we shouldn't go up there and do something similar this time around. I, the reason I suspect we may not is you could tell from the performance against Chelsea last week 
that uh, we've got to an end-of-season situation. Uh, Everything's gone. We can't improve on fourth. We can't do worse than fourth. It looked to me as though a number of the players uh, just turned off after about, well, when the first goal went in. You know, once Chelsea had scored in, was it 27, 28 minutes, all the good work that had gone before it went out the window, and you rather fear that United with their tails up, if they get a goal ahead on Saturday, that's probably going to be the end of it. But we could do it. We could, couldn't we? (laughs) I'm trying to convince myself. I really am. You're doing a good job of convincing me as well, I have to say. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we better leave it there. Uh, Gunnar Hollick, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Blogs. Take care. And if you're not a regular reader of GunnarHollick.com, please put it in your bookmarks. Go over, have a read of what he has to say because it's always worth reading. And uh, stop by his comments. Have a little drinky. He's a most obliging host, it has to be said. Thank you very much to him, and he'll be back on an Arsecast in the very near future. Uh, still to come, we've got more on the Man United game, some team news, more from Arsene. His uh, press conference was, uh, was delivered via the website on a Thursday. It's usually a Friday. Uh, So we have a bit more to talk about on that. Now, though, we've got this. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. Can you believe it? For the third time this season, Arsenal have let in four goals in one match. I cannot believe it. I've never experienced anything like this before. And, of course, every time I am playing, it's like I'm cursed or something. The other day, I was going down the road, and an Arsenal fan, he called out to me. He said, hey, Sylvester. I said, yes, sweetie. He said, you know what? With you playing, our defense gets more stretch than your anus on a Saturday night. Oh, baby. More from the Master of Funk on another Arsecast in the very near future. Now in the news this week were Red and White Holdings. Uh, Alisher Uzmanov, who owns 25% of Arsenal. They said this week the key issue, of course, is to ensure that the club remain both self-financing and competitive at the highest levels of European and world football. The debt at the club appears to be an impediment to that, and we are ready to help address that if the board asks. Raising ticket prices is not the answer. So they're basically saying that if the board goes to them and says, please give us some money, sir, they'll give them some money. Yeah, as if. I mean, come on. They're not even got a gift. They're going to say, well, if you ask nicely, we'll give you some money to buy some players or to pay off your debts. Doesn't quite work like that in the real world, does it? Raising ticket prices is not the answer. Indeed not, sir. However, you appear to have ignored the fact that the club back in February announced that season Ticket prices and ticket prices in general were were frozen. So, um, what are you talking about? Arsene Wenger, this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, in his press conference, I was watching it, and he referenced a few times um, the fact that he, he was operating and would continue to operate within the resources of the club, the self-sustaining model that, that we've gone down, painful as it might be, it's the first time I've kind of seen Arsene reference it in such a way that you might think, well, he has spent pretty much everything uh, that he could. 
He said, if you want me to get the club bust, I am not the person to do that. I believe every manager has the same problem to manage within his own resources. I look now like I do not want to spend money, but I have nothing against spending money. I just feel we have a team who can be very competitive and we want, as always, to manage this club within its resources and I will do that. And and you just got the general feeling that the money thing, not that he was using it as an excuse or, or anything like it, but the money thing, you know, is an issue there. That maybe he does want to spend or has wanted to spend more, but really, literally has not been able to. Which would explain a few things. All the time, though. On the other hand, we've heard from uh, the chairman and we've heard from Danny Fisman saying that the money was there for him to spend. So um, I don't know where the truth lies, somewhere in the middle, perhaps. But we'll see. Uh, But those people looking for 20 million euro signings and 30 million euro signings are going to be disappointed and will continue to be disappointed. And to be honest, I don't really have a problem with that. I believe the uh, the issue we have with signing players is the quality of the players. Because I don't think anybody, and we'll go back to this one again, who can doubt the, the quality of Eduardo? And who could doubt the quality of Sanya? They weren't big, big, big money uh, signings. They were quality signings for reasonable money. And those are the kind of signings that I think we should concentrate on. So um, Red and White and, and Uzmanov, their offer uh, is populist. It's taking advantage of the fact that things are negative at the moment. They spoke about how they, they don't hear anything from the board anymore. How they have to find out things in the press. You wonder, has a recent departure from the boardroom coincided with their um, information dry up? You just wonder, wouldn't you? And Uzmanov knows that saying this kind of stuff in the press at times like this is going to get people on his side. Why don't we take his money? Why don't we spend 25 million, 30 million on X player and this player and this player and that player? There are fans that will happily take Uzmanov's money. I can't say I'm one of them. Honestly, if you gave me a choice between taking Uzmanov's money and winning a trophy next season and not taking it and having to wait a little while longer for a trophy, I'd wait. I really would wait. I know there are those that would take Uzmanov's money. I know that. That's fine. Judging by some of the reaction this week, there are those of you that would sell your children into slavery for £4.50 for the FA Cup. That's also fine. In fairness, you can always have more children, can't you? You can't get another FA Cup in season 2009-10. Nuh-uh, there's only one FA Cup. You can always get another child. Buy one from the fan of another team desperate for a trophy. Anyway, uh, there's all kinds of stuff uh, likely to be going on between now and the end of the summer in terms of money, in terms of boardroom, in terms of who's going to own the club, in terms of how much money we have to spend. And we've got such a long time to discuss all that. Now uh, we should do something different like this. Now it's time to be at home with Alisher Uzmanov. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Uzmanov. Uzmanov like football club. Top three Uzmanov football club. Number one, Vladivostok Rovers is very important team when Uzmanov is little boy. 
Wait, I correct this. Usmanov is never little boy. Usmanov young boy. Better like this. Number two. Chelsea is fantastic illustration of how philanthropic oligarch can bring joy to many ugly people. Number three, Usmanov Football Club, Manchester United, because Usmanov is big Manchester United fan. No, I correct this. Usmanov is big, fat, ugly Manchester United fan. You may leave now with henchmen to go down into basement and when you leave you will be dead. Only joking. Tune in next week for more At Home with Usmanov or he'll eat you. And then your family. Then your pets. Then your friends. Pretty much everybody you know. Your work colleagues, acquaintances, neighbors. Then he'll start eating random strangers. Once he's done with those, pretty much every member of the animal kingdom, he'll eat those, scuff them up, <laughs> nom nom nom. After that, it's just inanimate objects, and he'll eat those too, every single one of them. Then he'll eat the ground, mountains, ton after ton of topsoil, till we reach the molten core of the earth. He'll eat that too. Eventually, there'll be nothing. So if you don't want to be responsible for the destruction of the earth, tune in next week for more At Home with Usmanov. <clears throat> um, anyway, amidst all the doom and gloom this week, there's been uh, the odd piece of good news, and one of them, I suppose, is that Thomas Rosicki has returned to full-time training. He took part in his first full session yesterday. Uh, he said he felt nervous, and who can blame him? He probably didn't know what to do. He said, it's been a tough time for the medical staff and for me. He said, I thank them, but I hope I don't have to go to the medical room again. <laughs> oh, Thomas, you're such a joker. It would be good, though, to see him uh, away from the medical room and on the pitch. And, of course, uh, he'll be ready for it next season if he uh, stays fit. He's obviously not going to play this season, but he'll get uh, fit and well and ready for next season. He'll have a storming time and then leave on a Bosman next summer. No, I'm not going to dwell on that kind of negative stuff. We've got Manchester United tomorrow. What did I say about negative? We've got Manchester United tomorrow. It's, uh, I suppose, not exactly the kind of people that we want to be uh, playing. They need just one point from their last two games to secure the title. There was a slight hope of a, a miracle for Liverpool fans uh, when Wigan were 1-0 up the other night, but it wasn't to be. And given the way we've played against United, and given how motivated United are going to be tomorrow, it's slightly worrying, I have to say. I do hope the manager um, changes his team around a little bit. I'd like to see Juru back in central defense. I'd like to see Sylvester beheaded and then have his body dragged behind a pack of wild horses for miles and miles and miles. Uh, really nothing to do with the football. It's just, just what I want. Uh, up front, Adibayor was, after the uh, Champions League games against Manchester United, he was dropped for the Chelsea game. And I hope after his uh, antics and diving in that game, I hope he's uh, remains dropped for tomorrow. I would like to see Bentner and Arshavin play up front together. That's what I'd like to see. Let's do the old 4-4-2. Give it a lash. Come on. 
We'll do Nasri on the left, Walcott on the right, Song and Fabregas in the middle, and Arshavin and Bentner up front. And even if we want to play the 4-4-1-1, we can put Arshavin in the hole behind the striker. So let's see a bit of that. Um, but United are going to be so up for this game. Um, had they won, or had they lost against Wigan, they'd have been up for it as well, because they wouldn't want to let Liverpool back into it. And now they know they just need a point. They won't play for a point. They won't play for a draw, though. They they will want to win the title in style in front of their own fans. Arsene Wenger said, we're playing for our pride tomorrow. He says, we have a point to prove, definitely. It looks like it'll be Man United who win the league, but we can delay it. We want to play for our pride and be respected for who we are. That is, people who love the game they play. We promised ourselves on the 1st of January we give everything in every game until the end of the season. This is where we can show we're capable to do that. He did say he felt let down by the way we played against Manchester United. He thought the difference isn't that great. Tomorrow is a chance to prove some people not wrong, but for them to show that they have pride in themselves, that they've got pride in Arsenal Football Club, in the shirt that they pull on every week to go out and play in. The shirt that we all love. And the last couple of weeks have been really, really difficult. And I've heard Van Persie speak about it. I've heard Sesk speak about how sorry they are for the fans. About the fans that have travelled to so many games and who've paid uh, money for their tickets and, and everything else. So tomorrow, if there's a bit of fight left in this team and they're aware of how the fans are feeling, then they should give everything. Not to stop Manchester United winning the league, because I think that's inevitable anyway. They're going to beat Hull on the final day of the season and probably relegate Hull while they're at it, which will be hilarious. Uh, But to show that they're a team and to show that they've got a bit about them, because they've been humiliated in the Champions League and humiliated at home by Chelsea. And it's time to restore a little bit of pride and a little bit of feel-good factor before the season ends. That's what I'm thinking. So fingers crossed we can do that. Fingers crossed. So that's about it. Um, we will uh, hope for the best tomorrow against Manchester United. And after that, there's only one league game left in the season. Then we're into the summer and, and all the madness that's associated with that. So anyway, uh, have yourselves a very good weekend. I'll talk to you uh, on the blog all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's Arscast. So until then, take it easy. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Oh, come in. Oh, uh, hello, uh, Mrs. Smith. Uh, lovely to see you again. Uh, please, please take a seat. Oh, thank you, Doctor. No, um, I called you back here today because we have the results of the tests that we did on your son. Now, you came because uh, he was suffering from abject laziness. You said he was the laziest person you'd ever seen in your life.
Oh, yes, Doctor, we're so very, very worried. He does nothing all day long. And even when he does something, he does nothing while he's doing it. We're terribly worried, my husband and I. It's causing enormous friction in our marriage. Well, I have to say, this has been one of the most difficult cases I've ever come across in my life. All the normal diagnoses that we look at first, for example, autism, brain damage, scouser, all those were ruled out straight away. And it took some digging, and I'm afraid the news is not good. Oh, my! It appears that your son, Mrs. Smith, has had an overexposure to Abu Dhabi. Oh, my God, oh, no, this is so terrible. I read something about this in the Daily Mail last week. It's, oh, it's appalling. Is there a cure, Doctor? Is there a cure? I'm afraid not, Mrs. Smith. Oh, goodness. Whatever shall we do? I'm afraid there's only one thing we can do now. What's that? Oh, we'll simply have to sell him to whoever will have him for anywhere between three and six million pounds. Oh, oh well, fine. Fine, yes. Oh, we can live with that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 